0: Welcome to Men Alive, where we examine biblical principles for becoming conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, a consultant in adult education and director of Go Teach Global. Jim, Matthew 18 outlines how we are to resolve conflict between two brothers. How does this work in your life? Good question.
1: Let me tell our listeners a true story about a man I knew. Let's call him Frank, not his real name. Years ago, Frank was a volunteer on an area committee for an organization where I served as the regional director. Frank had accepted some specific tasks to do for the committee, and more than once had either failed to do what he agreed to do or did it in a manner that was unacceptable. One Saturday morning at a breakfast meeting in a church, Frank approached me out of the blue in the kitchen and said, Jim, I have applied for a promotion at my job and I would like to use you as a reference. I was shocked to say the least, as his quality of work was not something I could endorse. So I rather quietly responded, Frank, that would be awkward. I'd rather you use someone else as a reference. It was like I lit a firecracker. And he exploded in a loud voice that many others heard. He said, So, I'm good enough to be on your area committee, but not good enough for you to give a reference for me. Frank lost it. He was angry, and I was caught trying to calm him down while the men in the other room eating breakfast listened to the exchange. I'm sorry you feel that way, Frank. I see your roles here and at work as two separate issues. Not me, he replied and stomped off. He later resigned from the committee, and I never saw him again. Fast forward maybe 10 years later. Frank was in one region of the country, and I was in another. I now work for a different organization. I was getting ready for bid one night about 10 o'clock, and the phone rang. Is this Jim? Yes. Hi, it's Frank. I suppose you're wondering why I'm calling. Uh, Yes. Well, Jim, since you moved away from my area, the Lord has been working in my life and I am now an elder in my church. We had an elders meeting at church tonight and we were told a woman in our church had requested prayer for healing. Three of the elders were asked to go and pray with her tomorrow morning. Our pastor said at the end of the meeting, men, before you go to bed tonight and before you go to pray for healing, you need to examine your hearts and be clean before the Lord. If there's anyone out there with whom you have an unresolved conflict, make it right before you go to pray for healing. Frank continued, immediately your name came to my mind and that angry outburst I had against you back in the church basement kitchen some 10 years ago. Do you remember it, Jim? At that moment, I honestly struggled to recall the details, but said, yes, sort of, but I forgave you. Well, Frank said, I was wrong, and I'm calling to ask you to forgive me. Frank, without trying to sound pious, I forgave you some years ago, but I'm happy to affirm your request now and forgive you. "'Thanks, Jim. May I pray for you?' I agreed, and Frank prayed for my ministry and for me. When I hung up the phone, my wife said, uh, what was that all about?' I told her, and her response was, "'Too bad things like that don't happen more often. There's a lot of hurting people out there that need a phone call to extend forgiveness.'" Paul, this episode got me thinking about
0: what Jesus taught in Matthew 18 and Matthew 5. Before we get into those passages, Jim, we need to remind our listeners that this is Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham from Go Teach Global. At the end of the program, we'll share how and where you can ask your pressing questions to Dr. Jim. These programs are based on the book by Dr. Jim titled Men Alive. Conforming to the Image of Jesus Christ. This book, written by Dr. Jim Cunningham, is available on Amazon.com and at GoTeachGlobal.com. Steve Wilson of Focus on the Family writes, Men need help. That's the cry I hear in my ministry role. For the past years, Dr. Jim has been a mentor to me. I've seen his heart's passion for helping men in all cultures to be a biblical man. It is a treat to see an older brother take time to share biblical insights gained from his 50-plus year marriage to Rita. Lessons gained as a lifelong learner and disciple of Jesus Christ. Jim, what do the two passages teach about resolving conflict? Let
1: me read Matthew 18 with some comments as I do. This is verse 15. If another believer sins against you, Okay, so the person offending you in this case is a fellow Christian believer, and they have done something offensive to you. Whatever it is, the essence is that someone has sinned against you, and you have been hurt. But keep in mind that the offense has to be a biblically identified sin. It cannot be some wounded feeling because they like a different flavor of ice cream than you do. I like Raspberry Ripple. You rascal, Paul. After 60 years of friendship, you and I have resolved bigger differences than the favorite flavor of ice cream. But how did we do it? Let me review it. Step one, Scripture says we had to first identify the problem or the issue and confirm that it was a biblical sin. For example, if one was angry, the other would reflect back the perceived problem or the sin to the other person. Step two, scripture says, go privately and point out the offense. The key word here is privately, just between you and the brother or sister alone. You don't gossip, you don't slander, you don't add all the other people in as a committee. It's just the two of you like you and I have had to do, Paul, in one country. We were both dealing with deadlines, hot climate, and we had to share a tiny little room for two single cuts. And you snore like a buzzsaw. I thought we agreed to forgive
0: each other back in Sana.
1: Okay, you're right. We forgave each other. But let's keep the model going forward for the men who have not experienced the Matthew 18 steps. If the other person listens and confesses it, the sin or error or non-biblical behavior... You have won that person back.
0: Truth is, Jim, most of our disagreements, if not all, have been corrected by step three. Agreed. Rarely have we had to bring in
1: Rita or Diane, our wives, as a referee. (laughs) But look at what step four says. You've done all the first three. Now it says, if you are unsuccessful at resolving this conflict, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. In all your life as a Christian, have you ever had two or three people show up at your home or office to mediate a conflict resolution that got to step three and was still unresolved? Never. Which makes step five so hard to imagine. If the person still refuses to listen to the two or three witnesses, you are to take your case to the church. Wow. I have been a Christian for over 55 years. But in 55 years, I do not recall ever being in a church meeting when someone I knew was refusing to be reconciled to a brother or sister they had offended, and the two or three chosen witnesses were now standing in front of the church telling the church about the problem and the refusal to acknowledge or change. But if it happens and they still refuse to resolve the conflict, then comes the grand finale, step six. If he or she won't accept the church's decision, we are to treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. Then Jesus added, I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For were two or three gathered together as my followers, I am there among them. Now, that last verse, man, may be the most misquoted verse in the Bible. It's used in bad weather when only two or three people show up for a meeting. But this verse relates to church discipline, not attendance numbers at a meeting. Another teaching about resolving conflicts is found in Matthew 5, 23-26. If you are presenting a sacrifice or an offering at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your sacrifice to God. In the Matthew 18 scenario, the Christian brother or sister has sinned against you. But in Matthew 5, the Christian brother or sister is offended because he has something against you that you did to offend him. So, Paul, that would be like me remembering that you have been offended by something I said or did against you. I know that you are upset, and I am supposed to go to you, resolve the issue, and be resolved to you, and then present my offering to God.
0: I'm waiting for your visit, Jim.
1: Very funny, my brother. In our case, I'm glad our relationship is clean and clear, but some listeners may have someone out there who has either offended them or been offended by them. The command of the Lord is very clear, regardless of whether it is a Matthew 5, go and ask forgiveness, or a Matthew 18, go and tell them their offense. The responsibility on our part is to go go and seek a resolution to the conflict or the damaged relationship. This is what Frank did in our opening story. He remembered an occasion where he had become angry, acted inappropriately, lost his temper, and ended a relationship. And years later, he remembered his foolish behavior, contacted me, and resolved the issue. Now, did we become close friends? No. Do we see each other regularly? No. But when we meet in heaven someday, we will not have to walk through opposite sides of the golden gate. We will be brothers, saved by grace, redeemed by the blood of the Passover Lamb of God, sharing eternity with the God of grace, conformed to the image of our Lord and Savior, Jesus of Nazareth, without
0: conflict. Thanks, Jim. There you have it, men. The Bible teaches us how to resolve our interpersonal conflicts. Pastor Peter Matenge from Nairobi, Kenya says, Men are missing in leadership in our culture. Women, wives, mothers, and daughters, are giving the predominant leadership role in the home and church. Men need practical help and courage to graciously accept and lovingly fulfill their biblical roles. Dr. Jim's book has given us biblical insights and an understandable framework for this to begin. This book, Men Alive, Conforming to the Image of Jesus Christ, written by Dr. Jim Cunningham, is available on Amazon.com and at GoTeachGlobal.com. For a printed copy of this program's teaching or with any questions you may have, email Dr. Jim. His address is MenAliveUntoGod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. For more information, go to our website at www.goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to be Men Alive, conformed to the image of Jesus Christ.